right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special Lifeline edition of the BCP. Right now, I'm super excited for my next guest, a personal friend of mine, mentor, and uh, overall Lifeline through my trials and tribulations. You know, as we said on the podcast, we always have pop culture, we always have entertainment guests, local bands, celebrities, whatever it may be. Now things are getting very real. We want to address things head on. So I am so happy right now to be joined by the pastor at St. Andrew's Methodist in Spring Lake, New Jersey. Again, a good friend and mentor, my good buddy, Pastor Yusan Kim. What's up, Reverend Kim? How are you? Oh, good. Thank you, Robbie, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, be on your show. Uh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, Everyone's looking for an opportunity to talk about themselves. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in yeah. ministry, uh, you know, uh, I always pick a pastoral role. So it's funny to be, so it's always more interesting, uh, for me to listen, uh, to other people. But, uh, I'd be glad to share, uh, some of my, uh, my crazy life for, yeah. for God may be leading me uh, these days and whatnot, you know? <laughs> nah, man, but I, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you. Like, you you know, you've always been there for me through my ups and downs in life. You know, we've had some nice meals together, some nice conversations. So the idea kind of behind this is that um, we can kind of share some of this with everybody else who's kind of uh, going through these these crazy times, you know, some people are, are screaming end of days. Some people are saying this too shall pass. There's like a huge... I don't know, just like a huge amount of confusion going on in all this. I guess, first first and foremost, how are you and your family doing? How's everyone doing over there? Uh, we're hanging tight. We're doing good. Uh, it feels like, uh, you know, on, on the, the silver lining with all that is, is that we're surrounded with each other all the time. And I think that's like a extended holiday almost. So I, I, I enjoy being with my girl. Aww. And uh, everyone's doing their own thing. And uh, we're coming together. Uh, so I actually appreciate what that means and the, the time it's allotting for us to be together. Everyone's working remotely. My daughter's logged in her final year as a senior in high school, Manitowan. My older daughter is working remotely. She works out of D.C. with a, an agency that helps uh, battered women. And uh, Jay, my wife, is like the head of, one of the head people up there in the New Jersey conference office. The funniest thing is to see a picture of them all with their computers facing each other with headphones on doing work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a blessing. But, and I'm so uh, fortunate to know that, for the most part, uh, my congregants have not been uh, directly, uh, well, they, there's been some direct effect. Uh, we have a member who lost both his parents. Yeah. Uh, which is just incredibly tragic, of course. Uh, but, but my actual members uh, have been okay, uh, as far as I know. And there's not been any need uh, where there's sort of a volunteer to help out, uh, maybe with grocery shopping or anything like that. And everyone has has a loved one or somebody that can uh, help them. So we're in pretty good shape in that department, you know. So uh, just hanging in there, hanging tight, you know. Yeah, it's a very crazy time, but again, you know, there's there's a silver lining in everything for sure. Um, do you do you yeah. find a lot of people? You know, I I obviously have. Do you find a lot of people kind of reaching out to you or texting you or anything like that, checking in? Yes, absolutely. Uh, which is wonderful. So we're, you know, thanks to our technology, at least we can always keep in touch. And, yeah. uh, from the very beginning, the moment where I declared that the churches are not meeting in any social spaces, uh, we did that relatively early, but not very early. But when everybody was starting to do that one by one. Uh, and uh, I quickly came out with a video um, and posted it on our Facebook page. And uh, I just read 
from Scripture is, is very short. It's maybe three minutes long, and I'm reading directly what Jesus was saying from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, what are you guys worried about? And as God has everything everything else covered, and He cares so much more for you. So what the, why the heck are you worrying? And I was like, just saying, yeah, you know, turn up, how can we turn our worried attitude toward worship? Uh, which means that, you know, turning our attention toward God, in other words, instead of our own fear. And I think that the, it's easy to, easy to say than to, as, as, as things get ramped up over time, uh, of course, I think uh, there's more challenges potentially that lay ahead. But, we, you know, I think it also gives us an opportunity to lean into God more uh, in prayer and worship and kind of and, and trusting that God will lead uh, and has always the best interest of each of us in mind, you know? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm on, the, on the camp of uh, not very fond of the interpretation while God's punishing everybody and uh, the end is near. But I am also, on the other side of it, uh, we all anticipate, anyone who's baptized a Christian, anticipate uh, Jesus, you know, coming back and showing up again. And we welcome that with open arms, whatever that might look like. But it's hard for us to imagine God, you know, with his big stick whacking people over the head and kicking people sick and uh, you know, punishing us anymore. Uh, you know, that, that message is incongruent with um, my understanding of who Jesus is and what that, what that really meant in terms of the big change in the, uh, the way we understand God, you know? Absolutely. And so that's my, that's my sense of it. So I have a lot of hope, even though it's been kind of a drag, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I, I still have, I hold on to hope with that. Absolutely, man. And in such crazy times, you know, not everyone necessarily has has faith and, you know, there's all different religions and beliefs and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, you know, through all of this, like I said, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to first responders that are on the front lines, you know, it, it's crazy to kind of see their mindset. I, I've talked to marriage counselors, you know, people are quarantined together, might not be the best for, for marriages or certain situations or people are already in a bad situation. Now they're kind of stuck. Uh, I've, I've spoken to psychologists. So I think having that faith aspect is is definitely very important here. I remember, and also I kind of want to talk about that sense of community. I remember, and I don't know if you remember anything like this, uh, things you've been through, obviously in the ministry or, or just as a, as a father and a husband, but uh, the last like big kind of event that kind of reminds me, not necessarily reminds me of this, but kind of takes me back to that sense of community, obviously 9-11. Uh, I remember yeah. that, that day. I mean, who doesn't? Um, and I just remember all going to, uh, the church that night and it wasn't like necessarily a service. It was just kind of like a, like a meeting and a congregation. And, you know, I, I was in high school, I think at the time. And I remember seeing, you know, people who I obviously grew up with and admired and respected just break down and everyone's just very confused. Um, are you seeing like a lot of that or people like calling to you for that sense of community? Do people kind of have, um, a better understanding, or calmer heads right now? Yeah, my sense is my, my people uh, here at Spring Lake and the people from, uh, you know, all around this area, like the Spring Lake itself, uh, we have membership all the people who live in the Heights and, the, you know, Point and all different places. But, uh, you know, they're, they're all very level-headed people. I think what faith gives them um, is that, that's that extra fortified uh you know, such a sport and somewhat somewhere to lean into. So I, I always sense that my people, everyone has more of a very calm, <clears throat> logical, and also uh, worshipful, I would even say, kind of attitude. But 
there might be a few people who might be like, oh, the end is here, the end is near. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can't help that. Uh, and he's just trying to quell some of those fears again. And, uh, and the hang tight and this, you know, this is another new normal just like 9-11. And unlike 9-11, which did ripple and affect the whole world, uh, uh, this is, uh, affecting everybody directly, you know, in terms of the, the, the viral, uh, you know, propensity. You know, it's unbelievable. We're yeah. almost a two million mark, I think, I just, I just saw, recently saw worldwide, and I'm like, oh my God, this is uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy, yeah. like the numbers of people getting sick, and you know, it, every day it hits closer and closer to home. Um, you know, it affects businesses, it affects people's jobs. Obviously, health being the most important thing, people's families. You know, people not necessarily even being able to say goodbye right now. It's it's crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it it's terrible. And um, you know, like we we always say, you know, everyone's saying wash your hands and all that good stuff, but everyone just you know. Stay home. Everyone follow the rules, and the, you know the quicker we abide by all these rules, the the quicker this passes. You know, um, I'm getting a lot of this too shall pass. Uh, I think I got a couple of those from you, and that, and I do appreciate that, and that makes me feel better. Uh, so I want to yeah. I, I want to rewind a little bit first. Uh, oh sure. Obviously, uh, for people who don't know you as well as I did now. Uh, I met you obviously mowing my grandfather's lawn over there in Spring Lake, uh, just <laughs> saying hi to you, talking about tunes, talking about music, all that good stuff, and you know coming to the church here and there. Um, and you know, it, so I think we had a good good relationship right off the bat. And I remember um, at my grandfather's funeral, I actually, uh, which you did, which an amazing service, and thank you so much for that. We're um, we're all about to head down to the cemetery where he's going to be buried. And uh, you come rolling out on this motorcycle, and I'm like, yes. I'm like, I like this guy already, and you're telling us about the bike, and you rode it down there, and we're checking out your bike, and it's pretty cool. So but before we talk about getting into the ministry, I want to talk a little bit about you know riding the bike, and I believe you're also the chaplain for, what is it, the, the Blue Knights uh, of Monmouth? That's right, uh, the Blue Knights, Chapter 15, and it's, a, it's been an honor and privilege, and they're allowed one chaplain per chapter, and not every chapter uh, has a clergyman. They, have, they might have a chaplain, but they might not have a real clergyman who's ordained. Uh, but <clears throat> it's, it's, it's incredible. Those guys are an awesome group and really just been a privilege to be, uh, be a pastoral presence. And, uh, you know, we and our love, our, you know, our shared love of motorcycling brings us together. And all they do all the time is trying to do good works uh, for the community and raise money for other people. And always trying to help others. I mean, these guys are pretty amazing. A lot of them are retired. Uh, quite a few are active duty, uh, police officers, any type of law enforcement. Uh, but I'm, the, I'm the funny guy. I'm the Asian guy. <laughs> I'm the pastor. You know, and yeah. uh, and I, I ride a Jap bike. You know, I don't ride a Harley. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, I kind of stand out. <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of a joke. That's awesome, man. And when did you start riding? Yeah, you know, I've always wanted to ride ever since I was a little kid. Uh, you know, it, it felt like a deep seated uh, something that I've always wanted to do all my life. And, uh, you know, uh, I decided to do that uh, right right when I turned, uh, about to turn 40, uh, finally took the step. And my wife gave me the blessing. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do And I jumped right in. And I did everything backwards. Uh, so I've been riding for a little over uh, 10 years now. Uh, for yeah, um, yeah, a little over ten years, about eleven years, and uh, you know, I did everything backwards. I actually got a bike first. I, I got a, my permit by myself, 
And then I took the course. <laughs> They're supposed yeah. to get the course first. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but I was, I was that eager and anxious and I was riding around like crazy. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I, I, I thoroughly, it's part of my, uh, you know, the thing that brings life to me and, and gives me a different perspective on things and just get on that bike and just get out there. But we left the four. I've got various other friend groups that I tour with, you know, all over the place. One, one guy is a famous, he's a blue knight, and his name is Igor. He can even run huh. a famous trip of up to like 20 bikes, you know, like 40 people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we go all over different parts of the uh, United States. Now he's going you know, to other countries even. I haven't joined him on those excursions yet. Wow. It's a little bit too out of my uh, price range. But it's, uh, it's just uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, so that's been a, um, yeah, it's turned out that way. You know, and, and actually for your father, your grandfather's uh, service, I thought I was running late, so I, I, was, I was breaking every speed log trying to get to <laughs> <laughs> I took the bike. Yeah. And I was going, I was literally going like 75 the whole, whole way, I think. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I don't want to be late. And I got there literally just about on time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the that's my motivation to get there quicker. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. You got God on your side, so that's that's great. Um, so real quick, I know we always talk about music and tunes and all that stuff, but now that we're kind of quarantined or whatever, have you got to sit down and play? I think you even said you might have had a drum set in your office. Did you get to sit down oh, and play yeah. at all? I got a mini studio. We need to link up and just kind of make some noise. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so out of practice, it'd be embarrassing for me at first because it's been years uh, when I'm doing any type of ongoing music with, uh, you know, I like to play guitar, play, play the drums, and like any rock instrument, I can play a little bit bass, you know, but uh, my main instrument is technically supposed to be guitar, but I have yeah. a whole little setup in my office as, as a mini studio to goof off, and you know, you know, but music's always been, of course, part of the DNA, and I always had a proclivity toward music uh, and, and a quick ability uh, but blessed with that ability is my mom's DNA, I think, is musical. Oh. I can just listen to music. I can't read a lick of music. I took into the music with my wife at Rutgers for dating back then, and uh, I got a C, she got an A, and she doesn't play anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't, understand, I don't understand music, but I understand it when I listen to like a play, you know? That's that, that the thing. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Did you say you went to Rutgers? Yes. I, I went uh, to Rutgers, too. I did not know that. I went to Rutgers, too. No way. Hey, no wonder. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yes. special night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Night, night in us, man. Uh, yeah. Was, sure. Yeah, <laughs> man. it was meant to be, man. Um, and so, I guess, going back, yeah, when did you make the the uh, decision to go, I guess, what is it, seminary and all that? When did you make that decision to kind of go into the ministry and all that? Yeah, you know, it's funny, because uh, I grew up in the life of the church. Uh, my dad is a, is a pastor. Oh, wow. started a, a large growing uh, church, lived in the Methodist church, uh, rose up in the ranks, and, uh, and actually uh, even reti- retired as a bishop, was the first uh, immigrant and the first Korean-American elected as a bishop. Wow. He rose up, you know, very high. Uh, but so we, I grew up in the life of the church, so you know, it's funny, I, I wrote a paper when I was younger, like, seventh grade of the vocational education class and I thought what are you going to be when you grow up and I was like I'm going to be a pastor and I got an I remember I got an eight plus on that paper <laughs> <laughs> wow okay I had, all the, I had all the information but then as I grew up and I became more you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a more of a wild guy I like to ride motorcycles 
I'll say this, uh, you know, obviously I appreciate you, what you've done for me and my family uh, in our life. You know, we love uh, St. Andrew's, big, big part of our life. We love having you there. Uh, so thank you again for everything. Um, now, we, we appreciate it. And, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, what role do you think kind of faith kind of plays in all this right now? Maybe even for those people who don't necessarily have faith or uh, confidence or answers right now. They're just kind of like, what is happening? What What would you say to someone that that needs to find faith or connect or whatever it may be? Yeah, no, all these type of uh, serious crises that we face as humans uh, is always a broad opportunity, uh, you know, existentially even to address, uh, you know, that that chasm. If you don't if you don't address it spiritually uh, through some organized religion or just be trying to be, I know that the MO more, more and more is for people who try to live spiritually, which is, I think, what Jesus has in mind, really. You're going to be non-judgmental, you're going to be forgiving, you're going to be loving, you're going to be kind, you're going to be compassionate, and live by those principles, and you're probably, you're probably more closer to Jesus than not, but I think, you know, the, the wake-up call and an opportunity, I think, for at the same time, um, and to know that God is, is uh, always has these wide-open arms of uh, Looking to uh, bring us and shelter us and uh, and guide us, uh, you know, into better better ways of living and, and better ways of treating one another and understanding. That's a big part of our faith, you know. When you look at the cross and we just had Easter, which is a surreal thing to do, you know, uh, an online Easter service. Yeah, you know, kind of weird. <laughs> but yeah. you know, there's that vertical. When you look at the cross, there's a vertical and the horizontal. The vertical connects us to God. You know, and that's our understanding of God. And the horizontal, that's uh, our relationship to one another, how we often treat one another, and all these things, you know. And, and the faith covers all those bases uh, in a way that, that makes the most sense, I think. It's like, you know, there's an opportunity, but also, uh, it's not, I don't think there's a pressure on I always feel like uh, that there's always that MO of our faith to want to share that. Uh, and uh, they call it eva- being evangelical, or, you know, evangelizing, or faith-sharing, all this type of stuff, but, you know, I think it really, what it means is, um, 
not to judge others that you have to believe like we do, but I think it's an opportunity to lean into that, that spiritual core. And I think uh, what better place to do it than with the one that is the eternal word, the source of all that really comes from. And so that's a great opportunity for that. And you see, and you see those, um, the, it's also for the people who already are, uh, you know, claiming to be Christians and living by faith and all these things, it's, it's really like a test in some weird way. I hate to say that. Yeah. But, you know, how, how are we living? Are we, we going to act like the hoarders and run out there and hoard and look out for ourselves and not think about others? You know, that, that, that's a, for me, that's what the, the, the pedal to the metal, really, of our faith. When we're, now we're in a real crisis, we're under the, under the light, you know, the French fry light. And now it's like, uh, how are we going to rea- react and respond? And you see a lot of people, uh, boldly and bravely responding in a way that's uh, so admirable. But, uh, trying yeah. to show that color of humanity and be kind and, and uh, generous and helping in, in all these ways, you know? Uh, it's like, uh, that's, that's what I feel like, and God is always there for us. And, and all those all those uh, teachings are the things that can potentially take away those anxieties and fears and replace it with a sense of peace and calm and a sense of uh, trusting, you know? That's the whole point of faith is to trust, uh, you know, yeah. be able to, so there will be days ahead, exactly, you know? Yeah, and and I took a lot from that, and I like what you're saying about you know I I did like a little uh, local band kind of photo shoot social distancing thing, and my quote was kind of like you know in my mind now is the time to kind of step up. We're all facing this together. Um, we don't want to help our families. We want to protect each other. We want to help those first responders on the front line. So even the reason I'm doing this is just like what can I do? You know, I I provide some sort of entertainment and all that, but you know we need to get real. So we're doing these podcasts, having you on. Um, I've had some friends that that are making masks, uh, which is amazing. I've had masks sent out to some friends, my bass player and my buddy and uh, my aunt, you know, who are who are working in the hospitals every day and kind of giving me little updates. It's very crazy right now. Um, so I do appreciate you taking the time to come on and be part of this, uh, you know, baby steps and healing that's going on right now. Real quick, tell us a little bit about uh, St. Andrews and how people could not necessarily get in touch with you, but get in touch with the church and reach out. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and people can get in touch with me. I always feel like the ministry is about uh, keeping it real, and, uh, and, and we're, we are representing that flesh and blood of our faith. You know, it's not like this high place where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't like that the chasm that we've created in religion, uh, the hierarchy, with the, you know, even the title reverend, you know. I'm not one to be revered. You know, I like the, the, the title pastor better for that reason, but... You know, everyone knows, you know, people in front of the title and it has carries some clout. Yeah. But there's a sense to divide us, not bring us closer. So I'm always looking for opportunities to connect with people and find ways to uh, be helpful and and be, and, and to, you know, to share on this journey together. We're all in this together. You know, that's just life in general, but more than ever, really. Now we're all, all in this together. And how do we get out of this together and, um, yeah. you know, and find it? And then we create our future together. So yeah, there's a you know our churches are struggling. Uh, all every single one of us, and you know all these government initiatives, and uh, we're hopeful that uh, some of that could be a reprieve on some level. But there's always ways to be supportive of our church and ministry. Uh, and I was, I'm always just really grateful for who you are, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> how we come to know each other and our relationship, 
and uh, just a genuine, awesome, kind, one of the nicest guys you ever meet is Robbie right here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but, you know, uh, there's, you know, no, no pressures and stuff. And it's interesting because, you know, my typical church service is average maybe like 60, 70 people. Uh, but, you know, the views I got on Easter was, that was somewhere over the thousand. Oh, wow. Over, right over, over a thousand, right? not thousands. But just to say that there's 1,100 or over a thousand people looking at it, I was like, wow, exactly. That's, that's, that's wow. unusual for me. I don't have an audience usually like that. And uh, I'm not looking for it. You know, And if I have an opportunity and people uh, appreciate my understanding of God and that relationship that, you know, I've come to understand God, uh, then it's uh, all the merrier. We all like share in that wisdom and uh, help, help along the way. That's all it is, really, helping each other along this journey. Yeah. yeah. That that's amazing, and you guys have an amazing church over there. It's it's very cool to hear that, like you know, you get over a thousand people viewing that Easter service. You know, we're still able to do some sort of video or anything like that. Uh, Got to give a shout to uh, the music guy Felix, who's phenomenal over there. Um, oh yeah. And I'm I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet right now because I have mentioned this to them, but officially on air here, we're gonna say we have Gary at over over at Oakhurst United Methodist. I would love to see a dueling pianos between the two of them for some sort of charity <laughs> or something like that. So we're saying it here first. We'll see if we can make it happen once uh, once the world reopens, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing how many, how many really talented people are serving churches that way, you know? Yeah. And uh, I know Oakhurst definitely has another, has a wonderful pastor, so I think she's the greatest. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, an incredible musician. And uh, actually, I feel very blessed to have you like before, too. What a, what a personality and what a performer and what a guy. You know, he's a great guy, you know, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, Pastor Kim, thank you again for a few minutes. And before we get out of here, man, you got any, uh, I guess, words of encouragement or any closing thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, keep the faith. You know, uh, don't succumb to fear. Uh, it creeps in. And uh, fear has a way of uh, making making us at our worst, I think, at least common denominator. So I'm like, for my, my message is always, and that's not, I'm just reflecting what God is trying to say. Um, God gives us tools during these times when we're suffering uh, to lament. That's another uh, a great article written by a uh, New Testament scholar, N.C. Wright. Uh, and uh, I love what he had to say about that. He was on Time Magazine recently and uh, saying, well, God laments with us. He's teaching us about how to lament. You know, there's no answer uh, to why this is happening on some level. People want answers, but, uh, you know, where yeah. God is in in terms of all our suffering, and that's the, you know, um, that's the that's the billion dollar question, really. But and that's something we'll never reconcile until we've uh, come face to face with God ourselves. You know that way. But uh, just keep the faith, you know, and hang in there. Don't let don't let fear be the guide. Let the faith be the guide. You know that's my thing. Um, and let love be the the fuel for that faith. You know. Beautifully said. That's what I think. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Bro. No, that's okay. That's why you're the guy who does this. That's awesome. Hey, Pastor Ken, thanks again for a few minutes, and hopefully, uh, you know, there'll be brighter days ahead, and we'll be grabbing lunch somewhere and jamming sometime soon. I look forward to those, for definitely and absolutely. Thank you so much, Robbie. Anytime. All right, we'll do it again. Stay safe. All right. You too. All Take right. care. Take care.